Quarantine. Welcome to another episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies. Today is going to be a special one, though, because we're not really going to be talking about a movie per se. We're going to be talking it about... It is a movie. Oh, it's a movie that exists in a TV show, which is one of my wife's and I's favorite TV shows, The Office. By the way, welcome first-time guest host, my wife. How you doing, babe? You did it. You said it. And you're not continuing it, so you just ruined the whole experience. Babe. And this is what I married. This is my wife, Karen, everybody. Well, hello there. She is joining me today, and we're going to be talking about uh, Threat Level Midnight. For those of you who do not know what that is, that is the creation <clears throat> of series lead Michael Scott and the movie he spent years making it's a wonderful film if you've never seen it it's on youtube it's about 25 minutes long like 20 25 something like that yeah absolutely wonderful film <laughs> i highly suggest you sit down they started it in the show mm-hmm. and then pam found the screenplay for it mm-hmm. and so then the whole cast read it during one of the episodes and then finally we got to see a screening of it a very brief screening of it in one of the episodes but the full movie does exist out there in the world which is awesome full movie meaning 20 to 25 minutes i think we established the 20 to 25 minutes and it's on youtube What show are we talking about again? The Office? The Office! The Office. Still not as good as Friends. Anyway. Nope. 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 See, she even agrees with me. Silence. Crickets. Anywho, before we dive in, I always like to start off with a question, because I love questions. You know what, Jeff? I do too. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'd be doing a lot better if we had gotten this right yesterday. Guys, this is technically take two. Of this episode um, not recording. Not my fault. This would be technical difficulties because someone is very technical with his microphones. Very technical. If any of my listeners are a divorce lawyer, reach out to me, please. He's 100% kidding, folks. Not kidding. Anyway, question. Answer. We started watching the British version of this show last uh. night. The original The Office. Which do you think is better? Um, hands down, the U.S. version. Why? Why do you hate the Brits so much? <clears throat> I don't. I like tea. I don't like coffee. Anyway, so, and Jeffrey's laughing, heads up. I know that's a good one. Anyways, so Jeff and I have been watching The Office for at least a year now, the U.S. version. But we decided that, hey, you know what? We should watch the British one because why not? You know, that's this whole, that's the whole premise behind the um, behind the U.S. version. We watched majority of episode one of season one last night and no, just no. I have nothing against British comedies. I love British comedies, but this, I don't know. I guess it just doesn't sit well with me, especially since we've already been so acclimated to the American version 
And the episode we watched, uh, if you've never seen the British version, episode one, season one. You're in for a surprise. Not really if you've seen the American office because I feel like, actually, it's I don't feel like it. I know for a fact that they're, one of the episodes of the American office was a, an exact ripoff of this episode. So it was like watching the same thing except with all the British slang, their fast talking. We couldn't understand half of what they were saying. And heads up, we watch most of our TV shows and movies with closed captioning on, mainly because we can't hear what they're saying because of the kids. But so we had the closed captioning on, but we have no idea. I personally have no idea what they're saying. And you know, it's a shame because it's such a great cast that they got there. Um for the British version, but, uh, no, I guess the American version is definitely better. And it was, it, and I tried watching it again tonight, to be honest. Like, when Jeff went upstairs to put the kids to bed, I stayed downstairs, um, to do a project, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna watch the second episode, because never can judge a show on the first episode, ever. Oh, God. It was still, I mean, I loved White. And the dude who is supposed to be kind of like that character in the British one is just not at all. And I, I'm, I mean, we both understand that the British one came before the U.S. version, but it's just not as good. I'm going to backtrack a moment. I totally judge shows by the first episode. If you can't capture me in the first episode, I'm not going to like you. Game of Thrones, I'm talking to you. I'm not going to lie, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan either. And I, and I watched several episodes, and I just, there's, I don't know. I I've always been told it. that it gets better after the first season, but you know what? I don't the even want to try. The Office got better after the first season. Yeah, we are already on, what, our fifth rewatch of the show, and we usually just skip over season one now. I still watch it. Oh, I don't like it at all. I don't know, I just really like Michael's hair. <laughs> really think it's awesome. All right, well, why don't we get to the whole point of today's episode, and let's talk threat level midnight so again we're kind of straying away from the norm of what we typically do during one of our episodes here uh we're talking about a movie that technically does not exist but it does exist and so we're going to kind of skip over the categories and we're just going to talk generally about you know what we liked about the film what we didn't like about the film what we thought would have been nice had they done something differently you know things like that oh so, question answer <laughs> um so why jeffrey question for you why are we doing this like why are we doing this movie slash tv show to begin with because i'm mensa and i come up with these brilliant ideas and i have to execute these brilliant ideas flawlessly full of it you married me full of it twice so my understanding is that we were doing this is because you wanted to do a super awesome episode with me and I told you that the only one I would do is The Office. Because, folks, I like movies. I like The Office better. You are going to do the Christmas in July special with me. I am once we decide on... Well, actually, I know which movie I want. We're going to do a series of movies for Christmas in July. But I think we both know which one we really want to do right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Yes, my wife came up with this brilliant idea. I was trying to find some new people to join me on the show. I mean, as much as I love my brother Robert, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure people would like I do to. Too. Yeah, 
he's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm sure people would like to hear a little bit more of a variety when it comes to guest hosts on the show. So I finally talked her into doing this, and this was the compromise. We had to talk about a movie that doesn't really exist, even though we AK, can watch we, it. A.K. we have to talk about The Office, because I wanted a TV show. Because this is not Chuck sits on his ass and watches Netflix. This is Chuck goes to the movies. Okay, question. When you watch these movies, what are you doing? I've seen a lot of these movies in theaters. But what about recently? Well, not recently, no. But recently, you would have seen them sitting on your ass on the sofa. Watching Voodoo. Yeah, maybe not Netflix, but one of them. Anywho, you may go back to it, sweetie. (laughs) (sighs) Please send feedback. If you don't want to hear her anymore, let me know. I'll make it happen. Uh, All right, let's talk Threat Level Midnight. Karen, what is your favorite thing about this 25-minute masterpiece? So my favorite part of the movie, or my favorite thing, I don't really know. I mean, I like the whole thing. Can you narrow it down to one thing? Maybe multiple things? I don't know. I mean, I like several things about it. Just because, I mean, I like that they decided to do this. That they, you know, Michael always loves his action films and all that stuff um so that's pretty cool and i like that they brought it up in the show and that they actually start reading it and then they later on like in other seasons they're like oh hey let's watch it it's finally done and i like that somehow i don't know maybe it's in like the bonus section of like a dvd version Mm -hmm. of this show that we just don't have but maybe it's there but i love the fact that it's on youtube and somehow we found it, or someone told us about it or something. Robert was actually the person who brought it up to me that the movie could be viewed on YouTube. So, thank Yay, you to him. Robert! Woo! I don't know, what's your favorite part? Or favorite idea? I think my favorite thing about the whole movie is the fact that it is absolutely cheesy from beginning to yes. end. I mean, it just literally oozes with cheesiness from the moment the film opens till the moment it closes i mean it opens with that really stupid shootout scene in michael's office yes that makes absolutely no sense (laughs) he has dodged all of the bullets and guess what they're not like in the windows or in the walls or to the windows to the walls (laughs) this is what my balls (laughs) all these bitches all right what Okay, so that's going to be edited out. No, it's not. So, so the shootout, this ridiculous shootout is what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I really thought that that part was kind of great in a slapstick mm-hmm. sort of way. It just set the tone for kind the rest of, like of the airplane. 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's like, in my mind, it has a similar comedy of that, even though the movie's not supposed to be a comedy. But it is. Which is part of that episode where he finally airs the movie. When people were laughing, he... Got very upset. Got very upset and stopped showing it because it wasn't supposed to be a comedy. But then he finally embraced the fact that it was. Because it is funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, so that whole shootout scene is pretty great. And then somehow he, like, totally... I guess just I guess he kills the guy. Yeah, he kills the guy. Like, you know, there, he's shooting so many bullets at this guy. The guy is simulating being shot and he's slowly falling down slowly falling down you don't see any blood or anything like that 
it cuts away from him and Michael's like, okay, I'm done shooting you. And then it cuts back to the guy. He's covered in ketchup. But speaking about killing, if we're going to, if we're on the topic of killing. Oh, we're going to skip to this part already. Okay. We ought, well, cause you mentioned killing and it's the first thing I think of. Okay. Since we're on the topic of killing and this movie, that is hysterical in the best way possible. Um, we're going to skip ahead to the scene where Michael decides that he's going to kill one of the other racers. Yeah, so my thoughts are that comes to Oscar, or I don't even know if that's his name, but he's a racer in one of the scenes. Um, and they're racing around the track, and apparently Michael Scarn loses, but he really needs to win. Pause that thought. Michael Scarn is the name of Michael Scott's character in the film. He's a secret agent, Michael Scarn. All right. Yes, and there's a whole plot going on during this whole time, but Michael Scarn decides that he's going to kill one of the other racers, which doesn't make any sense at all. It really doesn't. He could have done so many other things, like disabled the guy, you know, broke his leg or something or like, like that. Or like to him. Yeah, like, hey, this is the situation going on right now. I really need to get into the NHL All-Star game because I need to save the world. And the guy probably would have let him in. But no, Michael decides that he needs to kill him, which is very With an American his, flag. With an American flag. So, you know. That's ugh. a little bit wild right there. It's crazy. But that's very out of character for Michael Scarn, who is actually a very caring guy and who... Wow, he actually does kill twice in his movie. Three times, if you really want to consider it. So he killed the guy at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a bad guy. He killed Oscar that for no not, reason. That was, no. And in an indirect way, he killed the villain of the movie, Golden Face, which is something we'll circle back to in a moment. Yeah. So hmm. he is a killer. Yeah, I but guess. yeah, but two of the guys are bad, so really. All right. I mean, fair the good guy always gets the bad guy. It wouldn't be a good action movie if there wasn't some sort of morality issue to question, I guess. Hmm. Interesting thought. Discuss. Um, let's circle back to Golden Face, which I think is probably the best character in he's this 25-minute movie. And he's played by our favorite Jim. Yes. Which, mm Her favorite character in The Office is Jim. Mine is Dwight. But Well, I mean, my favorite's kind of between Michael and Jim. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember, forgot you like, like Michael. Yeah, I do. I love Michael. I mean, just because he's all over the map. I find him to be annoying at times, though. I don't well, watch. Duh. I don't watch The Office for Michael. I watch it for everybody else, almost. Well, you watch it for the relationships. That's the whole point. It's an office. It's com- It's a camaraderie. camaraderie. Yeah, but no, I do love Michael a lot. Love him because he's just he's literally all over the map. I mean, he's assertive. I mean, he's like every emotion possible all of them so basically he's a two-year-old at times (laughs) those of you who have had toddlers will understand um but let's circle again back to um golden face played by jim halpert who is played by john krasinski jim halpert is one of our favorite characters and Mm -hmm. probably one of the best written characters on the show god yes Probably because, I mean, my favorite part about Jim is the whole where he, like, looks at the camera. Yes. And it's silent. Like, all the silent looking at the camera things are the best ever in comedy. I mean, it's just, it does, I mean, it's just perfect. So, when I was working at Dry Pro for that very short time, I would be sitting at my desk and somebody would say something, like, stupid or ridiculous. I would actually just kind of look off into the distance like I was staring at a camera 
And I'm just like, damn, I've been watching The Office way too much if I think this is a normal reaction to something. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there. It has been thrown. Yes. But Golden Face, I think one of the best characters of this 25-minute feature film. Uh, so it's obviously a uh, ripoff of Goldfinger from a James Bond film. Uh, Karen yesterday tried to say it was a ripoff of... Um, Goldmember. Goldmember, Austin Powers. But I'm sorry, Goldmember was a ripoff of Goldfinger as well. So I think the thing that makes Golden Face the best is not the overacting and the poorly written lines for him. It's the fact that his face is sparkly. Literally. Like, it's like glitter. He's like unicorn. I mean, we're at like glitter unicorn status. We can call him Lady Glitter Sparkles from the Trolls movie. He's just missing the rainbow hair. Again, we have young children. We do. A five-year-old and two-year-old and they love trolls. Although we haven't watched it in a long time. Thank God. I was tired of it. I'm still waiting for the world tour one that comes out soon. Anywho, so very, very glittery. And it's just odd to me. And it's also odd how he became Golden Face. Where he ate it or something because he didn't, because wherever he was, they didn't have food. They didn't take lunch breaks. I'm sorry. What about dinner or breakfast? Or just skip lunch for crying out loud. Who needs to eat at work? I mean, it just, that part, I don't... And why would only his face turn gold? Sparkly gold. Well, we're unsure if any other part of his body is actually gold. Because that's all anybody ever sees is his face. So, you know, golden face. I mean, he could be golden body. No, his hands aren't gold. So... He could be golden body except for the hands. I mean... Maybe that's why they call him golden face. Could be. But still, he's very glittery, folks, and I don't Bad like makeup it. job. Do Bad. not like it. Do not think But his lines are incredibly stupid. At one point... Oh, I remember this. At one point, he says, Oh, um, I need to go check on things and also do some weed or drugs. No, I think he said drugs. I need to go do some drugs. And it's like, really? Thank you for letting us know. And the gate's not locked. Yeah, the gate's never locked, so these people could have just easily gotten up and ran out. Yeah, at any time. Which is also odd about the timing of things, because it doesn't... That part didn't make sense either. I mean, granted, don't take us wrong. We do like the movie because of how cheesy it is. And so we're really kind of just picking it apart, I don't know, just because. But, so these people... We can't tell how many days they've been there. I I know, because just that one... They're wearing the same clothes. Sequence where they're being held captive there at the... Ice rink. Ice rink. I think it's supposed to all be happening in the same day, but it's obviously not all happening in the same day, but he makes it act like it's happening in the same day. The whole timeline of this 25-minute movie is whack. Yes, I just said whack. Oh, good grief. Um, Anyway, but yeah, because he's... It just... I don't know. It doesn't make sense because he... Apparently, he needs to go learn how to play hockey. Oh, but Cher- Cherokee Jack is awesome. Well, that's fantastic. But it takes more than like an hour to learn how to play hockey. I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't play. Well, that's still. why they did the fun sports montage. Sports montage. Or whatever. The 
where they fast forwarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. By the way, the music in that part was fantastic. I, I don't know who does that, but I really, we need to figure that one out. That, yes, the music during that part of the movie was pretty awesome because one of my critiques of the movie is that it lacks good music except for that 30 minute, or not 30 minute, 30 second sequence. Yeah, that was really good. I really like that. There was something else that we were discussing. Well, we were talking about golden face and then all of a sudden we started talking about his the really weird timeline of events and oh we were talking about his cheesy lines Mm. and then that's how we got onto the timeline of events um but yeah i i would probably say that's the worst thing about this movie is just the really confusing timeline because somehow he's it's i mean it feels like it's supposed to be one day but it's obviously not one day but it feels like it yes but then you're kind of like, well, I don't quite know what's happening. Because he's learning how to play hockey. And then he also needs to figure out where the bomb is. Yes. And then he has a race that somehow yeah. is still on the same day as yeah, him he, learning how to play hockey. he got to learn hockey. He's still got to compete to get into the game. Yes. It's... And, and, well, and, then, and then he goes to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Which is the second worst part of the movie. Okay. That one is actually pretty bad. <laughs> um, then he goes to the bar where he's drinking, having a great time, and then all of a sudden it's like a dance called the Scarn. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing the dance. To the best, I mean, of his ability while sitting. But... It mainly looks like I'm at a disco. Yes. And it's just very... It's very odd. But it's... it's I mean... <laughs> It's, yeah, very silly. We don't have kids in the room. You can say stupid. Ugh, I can't. It's like it's ingrained in my brain. You can say things that the five and two-year-old aren't going to repeat. Stupid. Shit. Okay, but we don't need to go through our the words that we can't say around our kids right now. True. Anyways, so... What was your favorite part of the movie, Jeffrey? Your absolute favorite part. I th- well, we already discussed what we liked about the movie. Yeah, I want to know your absolute 100 million percent favorite part. When it ends. No, um... Ugh. Again, going with the cheesiness of it all. I love the part where Michael Scarn and his robot butler... Dwight. Uh, Dwight. Is, ...are in the president's office, and then the president reveals that he's been in league with Golden Face... And Golden Face and his little minion comes walking in. And Michael's idea to stop him from, stop the president from shooting him is to run over to the other side of the office, grab the picture of Abraham Lincoln off the wall, run back across the office, and then slam it over the president's head, played by Daryl Philbin, who in the show is the warehouse manager. Oh, yeah. And then the force of him. Throwing the picture onto his head somehow makes him just, I guess, lean back in his chair. And that is just... And gently sit down in his chair. Yeah. I, that part just makes me laugh every single time. Yeah. It's so stupid. And Oh, oh no, actually, in the spirit of hating Toby, which is a huge theme across the entire series of The Office, I love it when they blow Toby's head off. Yeah, that, I mean... Great special effects. Yeah, turn of the century, right there. With them suckers. He, 
he showed Toby's head being blown off from, like, what, four different angles? In none of the angles had anyone else around Toby. Like, so it's like, because Toby's supposed to be in the middle of the hostages, so there's supposed to be someone on each (laughs) side of him, but magic happened. Oh, Toby. And they disappear real quick. But anyway, so what also... Now, I mean, we we talked about the movie, mm-hmm. but we also know how much we love the show. And you know I've been itching to talk about the show. All right, guys. So here's the real catch of it. So we couldn't really justify doing an entire episode on just a 25-minute movie on YouTube. So here I'm going to continue to break the norm, and I'm going to allow a brief discussion. Of Karen's favorite show. Yes. So we are going to talk about why we love The Office so much. So we've kind of already hinted at this. Uh, We know that Karen's favorite character is Michael Scott. And Jim, but mainly Michael. And then mine is Dwight, and I really don't have anybody who comes in like a tie position with him. You're right. You don't have anyone that comes in a tie position. But Dwight, I mean, Dwight's a pretty fantastic character. And that's one thing that I noticed in... And maybe in the British version, it's completely different, like in season two or something like that. But, I mean, Dwight in the U.S. version is just awesome. I think I like it. I think I like Dwight because he wants so hard to be accepted by people, but then he wants to be the loner. And then he wants to be the guy in charge. But every time he's put in charge, just catastrophic things happen. Um, And he's always the subject of... Jim's pranks, which are epic throughout the entire series. The stapler and the jello. I'm going to do the jello one at some point. I swear I'm going to. I'm going to do it. And whoever is out there listening, maybe I'll do it to you. I'm going to do it to someone. Wow. If anybody at Karen's office is listening, be warned. Oh, God. I'm so excited. I've actually got two favorite pranks that Jim does throughout the entire series. The, The first one is when he comes in dressed as Dwight. Oh, yeah. That was just great. Bears eat beets. Battlestar Galactica. Nope. Nope. Did it wrong. Okay, then you do it. Bears. Beets. Battlestar Galactica. Suck it. And the second... And the second... um, prank. Yeah, the second favorite prank that uh, Jim does to Dwight is... Remember every time that sound played on his computer, he would offer Dwight a mint? Oh, I forgot about that. And then he kept doing it, and he conditioned Dwight to it. And then one time when Dwight hears the sound, and he just automatically holds out his hand. Jim's like, what are you doing? I forgot about that part. I thought that was pretty genius. It is. He was doing Pavlov's dog to Dwight. The longer pranks, the ones he actually spent time investing in were amazing. So, yeah, those are my two favorite pranks. What about you? I mean, those ones are pretty awesome. I mean, I love the Jello, But then there's also pranks where, like, was it? Was it Super Desk? No, what do you call it? Mega Desk. Something like that. Mega Desk. I mean, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. But then in one of the episodes, um, Jim talks about, like, pranks that he's done to Dwight. Like, just random things. And I wish that I could see that. Like, I so badly wish. Like, 
he mentions putting, I think it was nickels in his cell phone. Yes, in, no, his, in the hand. Yeah, because they didn't have cell phones back then. Well, they did. And this was the early 2000s, so they had cell phones. But anyway, so, but yeah, I guess he puts nickels in his handset, and he just kept on adding them until all of a sudden he just hits himself in the face. Oh, also, one I forgot, that Pam's involved in too. So they pranked him to... Jen put all of it, Dwight's office supplies into the vending machine. Oh, yeah. And then handed him a bunch of nickels. I think it's nickels. Nickels, yeah. Yeah, he handed him a bunch of nickels, like a whole bag of nickels, and he had to go buy his own stuff back. Or, That's pretty awesome. Or how about when Pam and Jen convince him that the CIA is trying to recruit him? Oh, yeah, because um, that was Pam as a present to Jim. Mm-hmm. And Jim didn't want to take it at first. That was upsetting. Or when Jim moved to the other branch and he started sending faxes, faxes to Dwight, from future, the future Dwight. <laughs> from the future. I mean, these are pretty genius uh, pranks. And then Jim's final prank to Dwight in the final season was convincing Dwight that he could not be his best man, or I forget the actual term they used. Uh, so we haven't watched the last the season in forever because I just don't, I don't, I don't like it. And he's like, I can't be your best man. And then he opens the door and Michael Scott is standing there to be his best man. But Dwight's also awesome. Dwight is awesome. Because, I mean, I think our favorite all time, best favorite prank that I think we can both agree on, remember we're both agreeing on this, is the one where they are at Robert, or Robert California is there because Andy needs him to, is throwing a garden party. (laughs) You have to admit that that has got to be... All right. I will amend my statement because I forgot how great that prank was. I mean, that is just... But it's like you said before. It's it's the ones where you thought it out. So Jim wrote a book... long goal. Long plan. About... Wrote a fake book about how to throw a garden party. Put it out there on Amazon. Dwight bought it. (laughs) Because he was going to host Andy's garden party at his farm, Shroot Farms. And it's just, it's perfect in every single way. The opening ceremonies, the closing yes. ceremonies, the announcing of the guests as they arrive. Oh my god! It was that's a funny episode. The tableau, the tableau, yes. Oh my god! It it was just perfect. I will actually rank that in my top five favorite episodes. It was really good. I mean, that was. I mean, oh, and then well, speaking of that episode, also Moe's. Oh, Moe's. <laughs> Moses is love... genius. Moses is... is Dwight's cousin, for those of you who do not know. And I thought his... Oh, I thought it was his brother. No, it's his cousin. Oh, it's his cousin. Okay, never mind. Cousin Moses. And yes, uh you're right. And then Moses is the parking attendant uh, for all the guests at the party. So the first time we meet him as the parking attendant, he's trying to take Toby's car. Toby's trying not to let him take it. He finally takes it and he just drives off and he goes right into a cornfield. Like straight up, like (laughs) boom. (laughs) Yeah. Just straight in there. Not even slowing down goes through. And I guess he's driving through it. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know if it's an actual cornfield. I don't know if they grow corn in Pennsylvania. It looked like a cornfield, but whatever. But, uh, then during, while the party's going on, Moses lining up everybody's cars and he's going to jump it, like, Evil Knievel style. Yes. And but then he stops at the top of the ramp. And then he just and starts he running over all the tops of them. Moses is probably mo- the, one of the most underrated, like, extras on the show. He was perfect in almost every time he appeared on screen. Yes. Um, 
well, why don't we boil this down to, we've talked about favorite characters, we've talked about funny moments and stuff like that. Why don't we boil this down to favorite episode? Because I know we both agree on this one as well. Okay, favorite episode. The dinner party. That one was really good. I thought I liked another one. I'm pretty sure we both agreed on the dinner party last time. I think you're... I mean, I know I, I know I love that episode a lot. Mainly because... Okay, Jeff and I have... I've talked to him about this before. But we finally watched the bloopers together. And this goes back to the dinner party episode. So don't worry about it. But... So I've watched the bloopers on YouTube before of the show. And I love them. Love them so much. I watch bloopers on every single thing that we will ever watch. I'm not a huge fan of watching the bloopers. I know, and I don't know why, but I think that they're just, they're fantastic. I think it ruins the experience for me in a way. No. It shatters the reality. It shatters the The (laughs) non-reality of it. It reintroduces reality. I mean, because isn't that why we watch TV shows and movies to, to escape reality? Yeah, but you also love the fact that I do it. Like literally every single time that we watch a movie, we have is if if the bloopers are available. It's true. It's usually the first thing she wants to watch is like, the bloopers before we even watch the movie. Because they're awesome. I will admit though, because she watches bl- uh, bloopers so much, there are there is one movie's bloopers, uh, Captain America: Winter yeah. Soldier, that I find absolutely hilarious. Cut the check. Cut the check. Uh, where's where sam is just going around like cut the check cut the check it's like two minutes of him just saying that in random scenes and i don't know why it's funny but it was so bloopers sometimes can be funny but for the dinner party episode in particular heads up these bloopers that we're talking about for this show for the office are on youtube for every single season yes and jeff and i were watching it yes watching them the other day together yes it's it's the best whenever i'll let you i'll let you discuss it thank you you're welcome so in the bloopers we were watching they were showing bloopers from the dinner party and i was actually quite upset because some of the bloopers they showed were from scenes that didn't actually end up in the final episode and you kind of wondered why because they were funny scenes for instance the scene where i like when they go up the stairs or where she trips up the stairs. Because they should have said they should have kept that because Michael had the best response to it. <laughs> what did he say again? Something about her being oh he was doing like the drunk like you know you're tipping your hand kind uh, of thing oh. to your mouth like she's drinking too much. Well, she did drink a lot. Um, I like the one where Pam escapes up to one of the top like the second story hallways, and. Little backstory if you haven't seen that episode. The whole thing is is that they're supposed to be eating dinner, but they're not because Jan, who's Michael's girlfriend, hasn't started making dinner yet. But she's making like some sort of asabuco. Yeah, and she's like, it takes three hours to braise. And hasn't started this yet. <laughs> and it's her and Michael and Pam and Jim and oh and um Andy and Angela. Yeah. And then Dwight and his former babysitter show up later on in the episode. But, um, so, of course, everybody's just hungry at this point. So Pam sneaks upstairs, and she had, like, a little bar or something in her purse, and she's eating it. Jim finds her, and he's like, oh, you're eating? And she goes, I couldn't wait any longer. And then all of a sudden, Jan just shows up out of nowhere, and she's like, are you eating? 
But it's so funny. And then in the outtakes, they they just they kept cracking up every time Jan popped up. Like Jim can, how Jim ever recorded all those episodes, I'll never know. Because in all the bloopers, he's always the first one cracking up. I know, right? Well, um, they also said that was okay. So I get most of my information from BuzzFeed articles. Heads up, but very reputable. Yes, but um, on one of those things, I read that I guess in one of the episodes. In one of the episodes that has to do with the birthday party for Kelly that they completely forgot about. <laughs> that apparently they had to, I guess, stop recording or do it a different day because Dwight and Jim could not stop laughing. Like, they just couldn't stop. With the balloons and the banner, they couldn't stop. Anyway, but back to the dinner party episode. There's just so many great things about the dinner party episode. But... My favorite part is the flat screen TV. The flat screen TV is it is pretty funny. It I just sometimes a, stand here for hours watching this. I mean, it's the smallest flat screen TV I've ever seen. It's and if like I if I need more monitor. room, I just push it up against the wall, and then he literally pushes it an inch up against the wall. And in the bloopers, they bust up <laughs> because I mean, it's just it's perfect. It's great. I think one of the funniest parts of that whole episode is Jan's obsession with her former assistant, Hunter. Oh yeah, something's definitely going down or went down or all downtown on that. Let's listen to some music. My old assistant, Hunter, he just did this album. Took me by the hand. Oh God. And oh, made no. oh, me no. a man oh, that God. one night. Nope, it made nope. everything oh. all right. Okay. American Idol, I'm waiting. Oh, don't hold your breath. <gasps> Rude. At least I can sing on key. Ooh. So if that divorce lawyer is available <laughs> that had been mentioned, you know, just go ahead and call me, please. Guys, I'm looking. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But no, uh, the whole episode is just absolutely amazing. They're, they're really... I mean, granted, there are... A, don't worry. We don't... We, we don't love, like every episode. No. We love The Office. Love it in general. But there are many episodes that... like. So we rewatch everything multiple, multiple times just because... She stops watching whenever Michael Scott leaves. Be, well, no. I stick around for a little bit. I don't know. I usually try to skip over the D'Angelo ones. That was not yeah. Will Ferrell's greatest moment. No, that was pointless. It was completely pointless. Like, it doesn't make sense at all. But like, I love the whole Robert why? California season. Yeah. No, Robert California is pretty awesome. Like, that idea of it. And I also like... I mean, well, I know Robert was there with Joe as well, but I don't... No, actually, during that whole season, Joe never makes an appearance. Because remember, he went and took over Joe's job. No, no, no. I'm saying... But Michael's there. Oh, yeah, Joe. Michael's was, there In my head, I was thinking that Michael oh, okay. wasn't there with Joe. But no, gotcha. he definitely was. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't quite understand why Will Ferrell was even there. Like, part of me thinks, like, oh, maybe they were trying to... Michael's gone, so maybe they're trying to, like, find, like, a super funny substitute for him. But it doesn't... The whole D'Angelo character is awful. It really was. and like, the there's nothing good about it. But then it only takes a turn from the worst from there because then they make Andy the manager. 
And I know we really haven't talked about this yet. Andy is my absolute least favorite character on the show. He is the Ross of the office. He is bad. Nobody likes him, but then he ends up being essential. Okay, you know what? That was my idea, sir. Guys, I know. That I, was my idea. And that's why I looked at you when I said it. No, he is. I mean, he's essential to the entire show. Because without him... Well, I mean, from season three on. Well, yeah. No, exactly. Like, I mean, he's essential for the entire show. Or from season three on. Just without him, it wouldn't make sense. But then you just kind of wonder, man, can we just pluck him out and see how things would have gone? I mean, you could, but then you're back to the original cast. Very true. And then without him, our, some of our favorite episodes probably wouldn't have happened. The garden party. The garden party. The or... dinner party. Well, the dinner party would have happened. No, it definitely would have still happened. But, I mean, but you also wouldn't have that whole thing going on between Andy and Dwight over Angela. Yes. You know. Their duel. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have all of that kind of craziness and then... You also have to have him in turn because remember Dwight left when Angela. I mean Angela didn't get him fired, but you know Dwight left during that whole shindig. Yeah. Um, and so there need to be like some sort of mm, controversy with all of that. I guess. I guess I just. I mean, he sucks as a person. I, I yeah, like, like all, I, I, I'm over Andy, although. <laughs> He was subject to one of Jim's pranks. Which one? The cell phone. Oh, God, yeah. This is another epic Jim prank. So he, but this is just an epic moment. It was. So Jim steals Andy's cell phone because Andy's being obnoxious about the fact that he recorded his own ringtone. Do-do-do-do-do. But he's actually singing it. Yeah, he's actually singing it. And, and he sings all the parts on it. Yeah, like all the parts. It's harmony. pretty impressive, but still... Yeah. So Jim steals the cell phone and he throws it up into the ceiling above the ceiling tiles. And then he repeatedly calls the phone. Between him and Pam. Driving Andy absolutely insane to the point he finally... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the exact same thing you are. To the point where he ends up punching the wall. Punching a hole in the wall. Yeah. But back to... And then has to go to anger management. Yeah, but back to his singing though. I mean... I have to, I mean, we were talking about this because... Just a few moments ago, obviously. Yeah, honestly, before we started recording this episode, we were um, watching, obviously, I was watching um, one of the episodes where, you know, and we were talking about singing and how great he is at singing. And actually, I think he's pretty good at dancing, too, but... I mean, I think he's pretty average at dancing, but I'm not a dancer, so... But, I mean, I think he's pretty, I mean, but he is pretty great at singing. My best move is baby circles. Okay. Beautiful. Stunning. <laughs> but, no, I mean, he's great at singing because, especially the part where he um, proposes, or not proposes, but he asks Angela out on date, and it's him and, like, uh, two other guys, three other guys, I don't really remember, but, and they're on the phone. If I'm not mistaken, he is actually a trained singer. I think I remember reading that somewhere. BuzzFeed? No, not on BuzzFeed. Some know. of us actually go to reputable places to find our information. Fox News? Yes, Fox News. Megyn Kelly. All, all those great people. I will admit, he he is a decent singer. We can give or take on the dancing. 
There, I, I was about to say something really nice about him, though, and now I can't think of what I was going to say. Well, so I do have another character who I don't like. Aaron. Yes. I don't like Aaron. I mean, she's one of those ones where it's like, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I get it. She's supposed to be the dumb one. I mean, and she is. She's clueless. Like, they made her literally clueless. And I get it. But I don't... I just don't like it. I don't like that... Ev- like, I mean, she might have some growth, I guess, a little bit throughout the seasons that she's Yeah, they on. finally give her a backbone in the last season. But I just don't... I don't see her. the point of her. It's not... I mean... She played another love interest. So, I mean, you had the whole Kelly Ryan thing that was just kind of getting old after a while. Uh, you know, you have Angela, who is just... Between Dwight and Andy. Angela, and then the senator. The senator. Um, you have Pam, you know, who's with Jim after the whole Roy fiasco in the first couple of seasons. So, they were just needing to introduce another female character in there. Hence, enter Aaron. Well, and then I, she well, ended they also up playing needed a character for the front desk area. They needed a character for the front desk area, but then it also ended up being kind of like a love interest thing, not just for Andy when they brought in Gabe, another Ugh. ridiculous character. But you know, he played a love interest for Aaron too. So, it was just I think it was adding more complexity to the office. Like yeah, to... and because I mean, and then you have Meredith and Phyllis who are just out there so needed another female face and i think that was the point it, not a great character um the actress who played her i think did a great job with what she was given i, mean, I think she's like better in the unbreakable and the unbreakable kimmy schmidt but i mean it does feel like a throwaway character where they wanted someone to come in and play the dumb one and she did she did a great job at that i mean but i just don't i don't know not a fan not a fan who is your favorite, okay, not Moe's, but who is your favorite secondary character on the show? So we're talking not Jim, Pam, Michael. Andy. Well, I mean, Andy is technically a secondary character. No, they made him a primary character. They finally put him in the... In the credits? In the intro credits. I don't know. I mean... It's tough, isn't it? Because there's a lot of great secondary characters. There are, and I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have, like, a favorite secondary one. Um, just remember, just from, like, the cast of The Office, you know, like, that are in the, that work in The Office, I guess. Kind of, I'm just trying to pick from one of those, and I don't really know, because they all have, like, great moments. Phyllis, I don't, her, she only has, like, a couple great moments in my mind. Like, nothing really, like, that stand out except for, um... When they start giving her a backbone, mm-hmm. once she knows about, like, the affair between Angela and... Dwight. Yeah, and Dwight. I mean, that's kind of great, because before that, I mean, God, I can't handle the meek, mild... I mean, not that everyone has to be, like, a super strong person, but good grief. I mean, she looks like she's going to cry half the time. And she did cry a lot. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I thought that she was okay, but I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite. I've got two favorites. Oh, who are they? I like Toby. What? I do. I like Toby. But only because he is so easy to pick on. Like, literally, he sucks the life out of everything. Oh, no. Is he a soul sucker? He is a soul sucker. And I also like Kevin. I feel like poor Kevin just does not get his dues. I mean, you can totally tell when 
the actor himself who plays Kevin is like kind of slips in a little bit because Kevin the character is just dumb special he's very special but it's like when you can whenever he's singing you can totally tell that that's like not Kevin the character but Kevin the actor <laughs> if that makes sense I'm sorry I don't know his name I think he has a very I think he has a long last name I don't really remember though Scrantonicity but it's like when they when he sings on the bus oh yeah you know mm-hmm. I mean he does he sings really well but then he also gets himself into these like really stupid scenarios like when he was bringing in the, the pot of chili oh my gosh the pot of chili I actually just watched that episode or when he decides he's going to speak shorthand because his mechanic speaks shorthand. But he ends up sounding stupid. Special. When he thinks that Holly is like flirting with him and wants to start a relationship with him. I mean, he's just. But I could see that a little bit though because I mean, she's holding his hand, you know, stuff that you know. Well, I mean, you're not normally. Dwight told her that he was not all there. Well, yeah, but I mean, and I get that. But if you don't know that, well, I mean, how would you react if someone starts, like, you know, wanting to talk to you more and going on a date with you? I would spray them with pepper spray. Well, that's rude. I'm talking, like, pre-me, obviously. She pursued me, folks. It was almost (laughs) predator-ish. She wins one game of beer pong and she thinks she's the shit. Are we done yet? Can I go to bed now? We're almost done. Um... Anything else about The Office that you want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, it's been... I didn't realize this, but apparently it's been like 15 years at least since The Office happened, and that seems wild. Started. Whenever. But, I mean, that just seems crazy to me. That's so long. It is. It's very long. Going back to my favorite TV show, Friends, it started in 1994. We're about to hit the 30-year anniversary of this in a few years, and I'm just like... Damn, where is time gone? But yeah, it's hard to believe. And then when you actually go back and watch The Office, you do realize how dated it is starting to become. Only because... It does not carry over well as technology moves on, as time moves on. Well, because, I mean, that's... I mean, it's just one of those things where... I mean, in Friends, you notice that they don't have cell phones. Not till the very end, yeah. So it's like, you know that they don't have cell phones, but... And you, obviously the clothing is outdated. Oh my god. But, I mean, but in Friends, though, you don't really notice that they don't have a lot of the other stuff. It's, because they're not electronic-centered cent- at all. Very true. But in this kind of thing, obviously, it's an office. It's, work, it's supposed to be a working office. So, I mean, they're, you're going to see their cars. You're going to see cell phones, maybe. Computers. Yeah, like you're going to see TVs and the size and, you know, and the fact that the computers... Yeah, so all of them are flat screen um, and they're all the square ones. It's quite a bit... Not the widescreen. No, it's yeah. not like the ones that you know now. Um, but it's like you also notice like they don't have cell phones. I mean, obviously, because even... When did it start? You said 2000? started 2005 so even then i mean cell phone if they did have cell phones back in i mean i know that they had cell phones like in i the had world. a cell phone in 2005 okay but they're pretty clunky what cell phone did you have in 2005 that was clunky i mean they're not like they're not like they are now i had a little flip phone it was awesome Ugh. anyways 
So, but that's one of those things where it's like you were saying that you can definitely tell that it's more dated. Mm -hmm. Well, they also make references to things that, you know, like in Friends, like they don't make references to. No, you know, and I will, this is not a Friends episode, guys, so I'm sorry that we keep going back to it, but uh, Karen brings up a very good point there. There are things that they will make reference to that you're like, oh gosh, I don't understand that, or man, that's dated. going to a movie store, like a video store. Going to a video store. Actually, they do that in Friends, they do that, they reference that in the office as well. Uh, They talk about, in Friends, going to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. I mean, sorry, who's been to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert since the 90s? Nobody. Um, so there are things that do cause it to be dated, but for the most part, I really feel like Friends did an amazing job trying to keep date references out of the storyline, so it could translate further into the future than, but as we've already established, that's kind of hard to do in a setting like The Office because it is very technology-centered. Yeah, I mean, they don't talk about email for a good chunk of time, like, they talk about it eventually, and how, like, Michael sends around, like, all these spam, basically, emails sort of things. Which, I mean, they never talked about before. But it's a bunch of stuff like that. Where And you also see their cars. Which, I mean, if we're talking about friends, if we're comparing it to friends, they obviously don't have cars because they live in New York. Except for when Monica got the Porsche. Yes, but still, not talking about friends. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Long story short, The Office is absolutely amazing. Uh, just ignore the final season. It's not the greatest. And the first season. So just watch two through eight, basically. Um, just really great storylines. They capture you. They take you in. And you just you keep wanting to go on this journey over and over and over, obviously, because Karen and I just keep watching it over and over and over. And uh, it is available to watch from beginning to end on Netflix for now. It is going away in 2021. That's going to be a problem. I know. It's going to be replaced by Seinfeld. Oh, God. Um, not that I have anything against Seinfeld. I like it. She doesn't. Mm. But, uh, yeah, The Office is going away. I think it's going to be moved over to... Who owned it? NBC. So I have no idea where they're moving it. Well, it's okay, guys, because don't worry. Um, our super awesome well my super awesome brother-in-law and jeff's brother has it on voodoo for us yes so we can continue watching it that way yes robert you are the bomb all right well threat level midnight is also fantastic yes and you should watch it on youtube watch it on youtube threat level midnight 25 minutes long or 20 somewhere in there somewhere in there all right so thank you for joining me on this absolutely wonderful special edition episode also i feel like i also need to mention that um just reference to babe in the beginning that has, is also from the dinner party it's from the dinner party episode <laughs> just so you realize that no we don't call each other that oh, because no. we're not tools no not at all but we've uh, been married for 100 years michael and jan spend a lot of the episode just calling each other babe are you ready babe your decision babe Let's do that, babe. Yeah, it's pretty special as well. Well, I don't know about you. I actually had a lot of fun doing this really special edition episode. Um, I can't wait to to get back to doing what is supposed to be the point of this podcast and talking movies. So the next episode that I'm going to be releasing after this is going to be Ocean's Eleven, which my brother Robert joined me on that one. And we had a lot of fun putting that one together, so I can't wait to share that with you. 
Other than that, I think it's time to go ahead and say good night. <laughs> good night. And, good night and good luck. Um, stay safe out there, everybody. Stay I, home. Stay home for the love of God. If you have no reason to go out, please do not go out. Stay home. Listen to this episode on repeat. Do something. Just don't go Watch out the there. Office. Watch the office. Watch friends. Watch movies. I started watching a movie called A Cure for Wellness today that a friend of mine wanted me to watch, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Be prepared. I will be doing an episode on it soon. But seriously, do whatever it takes to help stop this pandemic, because I, for one, want to go back to work. I actually like my job, and I can't go to work right now. And I'd like to go to work and not have to fear this. Absolutely. She's in the medical field, so people, be safe. Wash your hands. Stop hoarding toilet paper. All right. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.